Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio. And good morning. This is Straight Football Talk. Also want to wish you guys a happy Memorial Day weekend. Coming from you live from the cave, I am your host, Teddy the Bear Tate. Alongside of me, co-host Super Mike. Hey guys. First, we want to thank Totally Driven Entertainment for giving us this opportunity. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are very excited to have new listeners and encourage you to like our Facebook page and share it with your friends. We decided to start a podcast mainly to get our own views and opinions out there, and really discuss football. Uh, we love this sport. Uh, we talk about it for hours. <laughs> hours and hours, yeah. Uh, probably the best part about this is you as the listeners do not have to agree with what we are saying, and we're okay with that. Uh, so please feel free to call. Um, call in at 718-508-9883, or if you're watching us on Facebook page, on our Facebook page, comment below and just pretty much comment on your v- views on the subject. We have a lot to discuss here, Mike, don't we? Yes, we do. I think we need to get started. <clears throat> NFL buzz. Let's start it off, especially since Totally Driven Entertainment's coming out of Philly. I think we should start it off with the next Philadelphia coach. Right. Chip Kelly has decided to be a studio analyst for ESPN. According to ESPN, Kelly will be a studio analyst for them, primarily on ESPN2. Smart move since his coaching career wasn't working out. Right. I mean, <laughs> to put him on the lesser ESPN is probably the best move just to see what he has to offer. Yeah, and see how he does as an analyst. Yeah, I like it. I, I mean, could be interesting. Could be. Yeah. Moving on from Chip Kelly, Josh Norman anticipates, quote-unquote, bad blood in the NFC East. Norman is quoted saying, trust me, when I tell you it's going to be bad blood this year. You think the NFC East didn't like each other before? This year right here, there there's going to be a lot of <clears> – <throat> fines and maybe some suspensions end quote he goes on to say more explicit comments as well as to call out specifically des brian and odell beckham jr in regards to des norman is quoted he doesn't wow you for me he don't for other guys he probably will do the worst to them because he will bully them but you can't bully a bully you know what i'm saying that's why his game doesn't resonate with me okay he's physical, <laughs> physical player yes uh end quote of course Norman, of course, didn't stop there with his big talk annex. He moved on from Des Bryant and transitions his tone to Odell Beckham Jr. and says he tries to be a tough guy. He tries to put on this persona, which he's not, because he's always going to have his head on a swivel, always, always when we play each other. He's scary like that. He does things that normally he wouldn't do because of all the pressure and added hype that he has to put on his whole uh, persona. He can, uh, Josh Norman continues, he's not this guy. If, you're gonna, if you go back and watch the games in which we play compared to the games we don't play each other, he's a totally different guy, end quote. Let me just say, the Bear, of course, let me just say this. That in a division that was already mounting up to be a tight, heated, and entertaining matchup, you know, between right. the receivers and uh, Josh Norman, Josh Norman, at the very least with these comments, stoked the flames. And I predict, Super Mike that Norman's comments will not sit well with either wideout, and I expect some tr- trash talk from either one of the wide receivers before, you know, the season gets started. Well, and, I mean, Odell Beckham, 
was playing around with a kicking net all last season. Right. So right. <laughs> hopefully this year he'll get his head straight and maybe we can get past that and have some serious football from him. Yeah, and it should be exciting. I mean, like I said before, the the division is already tight. Right. Um, Anyone's game, really. You know, and what's interesting, too, is Josh Norman also said that he's excited to play against Alshon Jeffrey, mm-hmm. you know, newly acquired, acquired wide receiver Eagles uh, player. So let's move on from Josh Norman now and his trash talk. Let's head off to the Windy City. Mike, your Bears, the Bears, signed Victor Cruz to a one-year deal with, worth $2 million in base salary and up to $2 million in incentives. Not bad. Not bad at all. Cruz is the fourth notable wide receiver to join the Bears this offseason. Cruz joins Marcus Wheaton, Kendall Wright, and his former teammate, Ruben Randall. They will accompany Kevin White and Cameron Meredith. Personally, I love this signing. The bear, the bear, the bear loves the bear signing. <laughs> uh, the the bears get a uh, savvy veteran who has been in the in big games. I mean, obviously he's won a Super Bowl ring. Right. Um, he's played in other major yeah, big had games. Very very long off time though. Yeah. Got to think about. That's true. I mean, he was injured. Um, and at, but at the minimum, he can help mentor some of these guys, some of these right. younger guys. Kevin White and uh, Meredith. He came on pretty strong last year for the Bears. Again, he can definitely give them some knowledge at the at the very minimum. Maybe help Kevin White get healthy because apparently he's <laughs> twisted an ankle during training camp or OTAs. Oh gosh, so he's already hurt. He had to sit out one, and of course that was a big uproar already. Oh my gosh, <laughs> man, talk about it's almost a waste of a first round draft pick for you guys, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's getting there. Are you getting nervous? I didn't like the draft pick in the first place, personally. It's true. Yeah. The Bears are not the only ones grabbing free agents in the NFC North. Nope. Moving on from Chicago to Detroit. Detroit Lions signed former Vikings running back Matt Asiata to a one-year deal. I look, tried to look for the, the amount mm-hmm. in multiple places. They didn't give the amount. So hopefully we'll find out later on. But anyways, Matt Asiata to a one-year deal with Detroit. During his time in Minnesota, Asiata spent, five, spent a five-year span there as somewhat a hybrid player. Um, as he split time between running back and fullback. In 2014, Asiata was the primary starter when Adrian Peterson was out. Um, um, of course, that was when uh, Peterson was on the commissioner's exemplus for child abuse allegations. Um, and it just so happens that um, Asiata, that was Asiata's most productive year. Um, he had 164 carries for 570 rushing yards and nine rushing touchdowns. Um, my opinion on this, mm-hmm. Super Mike, I'll get your opinion in a minute. But my opinion on this <laughs> is this pick is honestly underrated. Um, yes, he will probably not be the starting running back for Detroit. Their backfield is already crowded. Um, it, I believe the starting gig goes between Theo Riddick and Amir Abdullah. Um, however, what Asiata brings to Detroit is a change of pace goal line power running style. Yep. Right? Exactly what I was thinking. Uh, yep. And not to mention, he has played as fullback. So why not get a guy who can help the O-line block for Stafford and or, and or help block for the – Lions run game. This pickup is a low risk and almost instant reward for the Lions rush offense and passing offense, but the rushing offense ranked 30th last season. So they definitely need some help. And, and again, this is a low risk and they're going to, I mean, it just helps them. Right. And like you brought up with the stats, the most productive year of nine rushing touchdowns. I mean, <laughs> he didn't get the yards, but he found the end zone. Yeah. 570 yards to nine rushing touchdowns. Obviously he was one of the Goal line guys, yes. Maybe broke off a couple decent runs, but goal line guy. Again, I think it's a smart signing, a solid signing. Yes. Very happy with it. Speaking of Detroit Lions players, oh, yeah. Super Mike, 
I, I know our good friend Diego had to <laughs> tag us in something earlier in the week. Yes, he did. A former Lions player made some headlines earlier this week. As if the Oakland Raiders haven't already made headlines this offseason, they have Calvin Johnson, yes, Megatron, that Calvin Johnson, attend Raiders' first OTA practice as a special guest. And, of course, this has people whispering, will Megatron come back? Can the Raiders bring another great football player out of retirement? My opinion, no. Are you with me on that, Mike? I, I 100% with you on that. Okay. He will, There's I, more that came out about that, but keep Yes, going. yes, yes. Uh, he will stay retired. He has come out and said he's done playing football. And, yes, Lynch said the same thing last year, and it wouldn't be completely out of the question for um, Johnson to come back. However, Johnson has taken a beating over his career, much like most of all, all in, or almost all NFL players, really. The injuries has, that he has endured and ones that he keeps dealing with are what keep, is what's keeping him away from returning. Um, Calvin Johnson was a special guest to help the Raiders get better. That's my, that's my true, honest opinion of that. Yep. Um, but not just wide receivers. I mean, but the entire team. Think of, just think about it for a second. If he improves the wide, well, the wide outs alone, that still helps Derek Carr, right? right. That still helps uh, – still makes the receivers push their own defense. Make, it makes them that much better as well, right, Cause they're, right. because they're better. This was a smart move by the Raiders, and it will show this season. For sure. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind anyways. Um, but for those Raiders fans hoping for the Megatron does Diego. join Oakland, yes, Diego, our buddy Diego <laughs> would be the guy to talk to there. Please remember that your receiving court is not lacking at all and that acquiring Johnson is not a necessity. And, yes, even you, Super Mike, a lot of us, in the NFL, a lot of us NFL fans do and will miss Megatron. Right. But just know that he went out on his own free will, and is, he's enjoying retirement. He said that he even came out and said that when he was in college, he could watch footballs on Sundays, and he enjoy, enjoyed that. For nine seasons, he couldn't do that because he was playing on Sundays, right. and he, right. he mentioned that he's enjoy, actually enjoying that part of um, football. So one of the things that also came out about the retirement that mm-hmm. I just wanted to bring up. Yeah. So apparently, if he would come back, where the Seahawks helped Lynch – like the lines wouldn't release yeah, yeah. and the lines would not. Yeah. And in all honesty, the, what says the lines have to, man, yeah, they don't have to, I mean, right. they kind of left on bad terms too. Didn't he have to pay them like $325,000 or something like that? Right. To me, that's just poor management to your players. This was one of your guys' biggest players ever. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the lions have screwed up a lot of draft picks, yeah. you know, um, the, but the ones that you can say that they Mike didn't Williams. screw up, the, the ones you can say that <laughs> they didn't screw up, Yep. is Barry Sanders and yep. Calvin Johnson, for sure. Like, they're the top two. They're, you know, so for them to have make him have bad blood between them, I think it's just wrong, and it's just poor management, to right. be honest. And, I mean, what are they doing with Matthew Stafford now? I mean, yes, they turned it around <laughs> yes. last year, but yes. can they keep it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry about that, Super Mike. Moving on from Calvin Johnson, as much as we want to talk about Calvin right. Johnson. Speaking of another wide receiver, Patriots signed former Browns wideout Andrew Hawkins to a one-year deal. Hawkins enters a very crowded wide receiver core. Mm-hmm. And this is such a Bill Belichick move, right, Super Mike? I mean, Definitely. I bring in a savvy veteran. Bring to all bring, the assets you can. Yeah, to, to bring more competition to that position. I mean, it just screams Bill Belichick. Exactly. Hawkins should find a role in this offense. Um, 
very speedy guy. He's a little, he's like 31 years old, but I mean, he still should find a uh, spot in this offense. Um, with the recent signings of DeAndre White and Devin Street, uh, one has to think that it could be one of those guys that gets cut from the team in order for Hawkins to make the roster. Cause I think they're with them signing Hawkins, they went over the 90 man roster that they can have right now. Okay. Um, so yes, Hawkins may be a fourth or fifth option um, for Brady to throw to with the Patriots, but the Patriots are holding Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola. They just acquired Brandon Cooks um, from the Saints for their first-round draft pick, and they have Chris Hogan, who's come on pretty good for them. Right. Um, Worked out real well last year. But my opinion, nonetheless, Hawkins will have a place in this offense. And, you know, a lot of people aren't talking about this, but – and I I mentioned two guys, DeAndre White and Devin Street. You know, they're two recent signings. But to be released to fit Hawkins. But, you know, a lot of people aren't even considering Danny Amendola – um, why not Danny Amendola? I mean, he's been injury prone. Yes, he's made some plays for him, but he's he's getting up there in age, and he's been, he, like I said, he's been injury prone. I mean, he's been very consistent, also, just as that slot guy. He's the West Walker kind of. Right, 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 right. But I mean, you could easily throw someone else in right there and do the same thing, and that's what they consistently do. I, I would like to also bring up real quick, sure, that you brought up the ninety-man roster. Yeah. Um, just this past week, they eliminated the, I think it was a 72 or 73 man roster. Right. Right. So now we go three weeks of preseason with 90 guys on your roster. Right. Which for the NFLPA, that's awesome. Your guys gets more tape, more playing time, and then you get cut down to the final. Right. I right. forget what it is. 53. I think. I think you're right there. Yeah. Mike. We have our first call-in. You want to take? You want to? You want to answer this? Yeah, let's go ahead. Hello, caller. You're on Straight Football Talk. This is the Bear and Super Mike. How you doing today? Are you there? I think your volume's down. That should be on here. Ah, oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's okay. Well, can't get you through here. Uh, you need the, the red one. Let's see here. Hang on for one second, guys. Caller, you are on Straight Football Talk. This is the Bear and Super Mike. How are you doing this morning? Good. I'd like to talk a bit about my favorite team, the Carolina Panthers. Absolutely. Yeah, my favorite player on that team is James Bradbury. He's a cornerback, team number right, right, 24. Yep. Yep. I actually play high school football. I'm I'm in the I'm in the stallions of Jacksonville, Florida. Right. Yeah. I find their team, the Carolina Panthers, really excellent. Yeah, I mean, they had a down year last year, but you look at the Carolina Panthers, they did well in the draft, which we'll be discussing here later on, so please continue to listen. Um, but their team is looking better, and I I expect Cam to do a lot better than he did last year. Right. Um, Would you agree? Yeah, Cam is awesome. (laughs) Yes, he is. Um, I want to thank you for calling in the Straight Football Talk. We'll talk to you later. By the way, Franz, just a second. Um, I'd like to say that I'm kidding and football is gay. I'm sorry? Football is gay. All right, thank you for calling Straight Football Talk. We'll see you later. Moving on there, Super Mike. Yep. 
Now, we just talked about Andrew Hawkins making the Patriots. Now we need to move on. Talk about the draft grades we've given right. for two certain teams, the L.A. Chargers and the Carolina Panthers. We'll start with the L.A. Chargers. Okay. Who yes. we both thought was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I like I liked the L.A. Chargers uh, draft picks. I mean, for Very sure. Very good draft picks, yes. Um, Let's start off with our first pick, Mike Williams, wide receiver out of Clemson, round one, pick number seven. Yeah. The Chargers needed to help Phillip Rivers in more ways than just one. I mean, exactly right. Yeah. Not only did they have O-line troubles and keeping Rivers on his back or off his back, but they also have been liking the playmaker playmaker department for Rivers to throw to. Uh, since Keenan Allen can't stay healthy, um, they need a young stud to step in a pri- for in, into a primary role. Uh, you agree with that? I agree. Yeah. Okay. I love it when we agree. Well, and <laughs> Travis Benjamin and right, right. others haven't quite stepped up to what they needed. Benjamin did decent last year, right, but I think but, he'll be a good slot, primary slot guy. For, right, but um, again, just not the big numbers that right. we're used to. Uh, in comes their first-round selection, Mike Williams. Yes, Mike Williams nearly saw his football career come to end his junior year by fracturing his neck uh, because of hitting his helmet on, uh, into the goalpost on a touchdown catch um, in the Tiger season opener. Yeah, wow. yeah, that, that, that kind of sucks, right? Um, but then we move ahead to last year, his senior season, where he was cleared for, for contact by his doctors, and he definitely made a comeback by catching 84 passes for 1,171 yards and 10 touchdowns, which was good enough for him to receive second-team Walter Camp All-American and first-team All-ACC uh, awards. That type of production is something the Chargers need, yes, right? Definitely. <laughs> uh, not to mention a 6'4" height is going to make him a red zone threat and hard to defend again. Exactly. I mean, Rivers can now just kind of sling it like he's known to do, and he can go up and get it. He's going to actually have a weapon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be nice. So now you've got, when healthy, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin, uh, Antonio Gates, and Melvin Gordon for your run game. I mean, this offense is looking good. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have predictions as far as the L.A. Chargers, but we won't get to that today. That'll be later. Okay. Moving on from Mike Williams, man, I love this pick. I love this pick. Forrest Lamp, offensive guard, Western Kentucky, round two, pick number six. Pick six. Jay Cutler would know a thing about those. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Forrest Lamp. Again, another pick that just makes right. sense. This pick helps protect Philip Rivers, and Lamp will be on the O-line day one, as long as there's no injuries, of course. Right, know. right. Um, He's a four-year starter, very athletic. He ran a five-second 40-yard dash, put up 34 bench reps, and jumped a 111-inch broad jump at the combine. Uh, Not to mention he's listed as a guard, but he can move from guard to tackle. He's done that before. Um, Looking at this pick, at the moment, the the Chargers got a steal. And I I don't want to say a steal because usually it's a steal. Is it like a a Dak Prescott or a Tom Brady, you know, later on in the draft? But, again – this guy was first-round talent, and he fell to the Chargers to the second round, and he's going to make an impact early. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and look at his tape against um, Alabama's talented edge rushers. You're going to see an NFL-ready um, offensive lineman. Right. And, I mean, I have a comment for after the next pick about mm-hmm. him and the next pick working mm-hmm. together. But, right. I mean, this is just perfect. I mean, he's 6'4". He, like you said, bounce from inside to out. Right. Can only – be beneficial for Phillip Rivers. Moving on. Forrest Lamp was the only offensive lineman that right. the Chargers selected. 
Dan Feeney, offensive guard out of Indiana, round three, pick number seven. Someone was paying attention to what was happening last year with the Chargers offensive line. Not only did the did they get an O-lineman in the second round, but they doubled down and got another O-lineman to protect Phillip Rivers in the third. Also 6'4", geez. Yeah, big guys. Um, Feeney started all 12 games last year at right guard, which he was able to get honorable mention all Big Ten honors. In 2013, Feeney redshirted due to a preseason foot injury. The next year, he ended up receiving honorable mention all Big Ten conference honors. His third year, Feeney earned third-team All-American and first-team All-Big Ten at the right guard position, and he was also asked to move to the right tackle position on occasion um, due to injuries to that position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the la- these last two picks of O-linemen are obviously not, like, the sexiest picks you right, see. Right, right. They're O-linemen, but they were much needed for Rivers, and now Rivers has some big boys to protect them up front. Right. And I know some of the alignment I played with in my days would argue yeah. about the sexy pick. <laughs> anyways, it's not flashy. It's not a big right. playmaker. But again, they're going to help Phil Rivers get the job right. Done. They're going to keep him up. Yeah. And these two young guards will be a nice building block for the future. And not to mention, you we're talking about Philip Rivers, but what about having big holes for Melvin Gordon to run through? Mm-hmm. You know, just going to help them out overall and off. I know they don't say it about Feeney, but at six four. He's kind of the same built where he could bounce out, too, if he need be. Right. Yes, and he has had to move the right tackle before, so right. I mean, he's versatile for uh, linemen. they got two versatile offensive linemen with right. Lamp and Feeney, so I look for both of them to start, to be honest with you. Right, and I think both will be great building blocks for even after the Phillip Rivers era. Right. Moving on from Feeney, Rayshon Jenkins, safety out of Miami, Florida. Round four, pick six. Another pick six, Mike. That's, this sounds like a Jake Cutler game. <laughs> Uh, two already? Jeez. <laughs> Anyways, Jenkins had a productive year for the Hurricanes in 2016. And, and I say productive. I mean, that's pretty much what it was. He was able to get 56 solo tackles, 20 assisted tackles for a total of 76 tackles, 40, four and a half of which were for a loss and one and a half sacks. Um, again, we're talking about a safety, guys. He's not going to get 15 sacks every, right. every season. Um, while also garnishing two interceptions, which was enough for him to receive third-team all-ACC recognition, which is, which is good. Again, right. productive. Um, for Jenkins' entire career, um, the safety was able to accumulate 135 solo tackles, 66 assisted tackles, for a total of 201 tackles. 8.5 were for a loss, 1.5 yes. sacks, and nine interceptions. So, Super Mike. Yes. He's also he was also able to put up 19 bench reps along with a 37-inch vertical and a 128-inch broad jump. Um, he has good size, good, and he plays hard. And he's strong and aggressive. Right. Um, for a fourth-round pick, that sounds pretty good. He sounds great. I mean, nine interceptions over, what, probably two years? No, no it was all four. He did play all four? <laughs> yeah, it was all four. Well, even still, still yeah. He was that productive. Just means they threw away, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he was productive, that's for yeah. sure. But not only did the Chargers draft a safety at, in round four, Guess what? They double down on another position again. Starting to sound like the Jets. Uh, I, have men- I have mentioned that little, little bit. <laughs> Desmond King, safety out of Iowa, round five. I will say this seven. before you continue. I like this pick for yeah. round five. Yes, this is another potential steal of the draft. Yes. Okay. Let me just say before teams getting steals with their picks, you know, I've said, I've said that before. But with the Chargers being able to get King in the fifth, of this year's draft, this could be yet another potential steal in this draft. I mean, we're talking 
with it being round five, we're talking like a Caleb Brantley steal, like with right. the Browns. Um, he's undersized, yet he has great instincts, and he has great production on top of that. His junior year was the most impressive, um, and he could have went to the NFL la- after last year for sure and been a lot higher than round five. All right. Um, starting in 14 games, uh, having 46 solo tackles, 26 assisted tackles, totaling for 72 tackles, one for a loss, eight interceptions, which ranked second in all of FBS um, that year, um, and one of which was a score for one of those interceptions. Um, these stats earned him the 2015 Jim Thorpe Award and unanimous All-American. Instead of leaving his junior year and pursuing a career in the NFL, King decided to stay to earn his degree. Uh, Something that a lot of kids don't do. Yeah, yeah I mean, hats off to you, buddy. Um, his senior year, uh, his production took a dip, um, but he was able to still be productive, uh, getting 42 solo tackles, 16 assisted, um, given a total of 58, uh, three and a half, which were for a loss. Um, he was also able to snag three interceptions, one of which was for a score. The Chargers yet doubled down again at the same position. Unlike the Jets, though, like you just mentioned. Exactly. The Chargers filled in the holes that were needed with players that can make a difference later in this draft. Not to mention, the Chargers have been needing to replace the, the void that Eric Weddle uh, left when he went to Baltimore. And they may have found a playmaking safety in round five with King. Another pick that makes sense and only helps the Chargers, especially on defense. Exactly. And, I mean, he was great for that team in 2015. Yeah. But, if I remember right, was undefeated for, like, the first 10 games or something like that. Yeah, Iowa team, yeah. And they moved on to a nice bowl game. Mm -hmm. Um, That defense was pretty stout with um, King being back there. But, again, his production dipped a little bit. Him being a little undersized um, doesn't help. But, again, I think he could definitely uh, make a difference um, on this Chargers team at safety. Jenkins, too. You, either one of these guys, it's good to get both of these guys in here because they are both been, have been productive, you know. Right. So I like both picks. Moving on from uh, Desmond King. Sam Peavy, offensive tackle out of Utah, round six, pick six. That's three picks for, for us right now. Yeah, I guess we've got to bench Jay Cutler. <laughs> Anyways, another offensive lineman. This one is specifically offensive tackle, though. Okay. You think the Chargers want to protect an aging Phillip Rivers with a third pick, with a third pick on an offensive lineman in this draft? You'd be thinking correctly. I mean, obviously. Right. Uh, Tevi has, uh, as a true freshman, played as a D lineman for, the, um, for Utah, playing 11 games and garnishing uh, nine tackles, two for a loss, and one sack. Tevi was switched to O-line, and it obviously worked out in his favor. In his junior year, he eventually won the starting gig on the blind side uh, for all 13 games for the uh, Utes and was moved to the opposite side in the right tackle position when needed. Again, another serviceable starting offensive lineman that has been moved on the O-line when needed, which only helps TV and helps the Chargers that much more. Right, and I just looked it up. He's 6'5", so you got 6'4", 6'4", 6'5". They're all big guys that can move that are versatile on the offensive line. This team was one to protect Phillip River. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They they want his longevity to stay for a while longer. You think they're wanting to win now? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from TV, Tevi, however you say his last name, I probably butchered it, but it's all right. Isaac Rochelle, defensive tackle out of Notre Dame, round seven, pick seven. No more pick six, Mike. <laughs> right. This pick may not stand out as 
like some of the other picks in this draft, but it's a solid pick nonetheless. In his senior season, he had 29 solo tackles, 27 assists, giving a total of 56 tackles, seven of which were for a loss and one was a sack. His total production while at Notre Dame was 82 solo tackles, 84 assisted tackles, for a total of 166 tackles, 21 of which were for a loss and four and a half sacks. Right. His stats may not wow, it, wow you, but he is durable and would make a very nice rotational player and possibly earn a starting role in this Chargers D-line. Um, that still needs help. Right. And just let me try to pull it up real quick. Sure, no problem. Um, let's see, 280. He is, so first thing came to mind with the lackluster stats is a run stopper. Mm-hmm. Uh, being 6'4 and 280. He's pretty versatile. Yeah, he's he's, size. he's not he's not your typical run stopper at like three twenty. Yeah, right, big boy. Yeah, but I mean he's going to be a solid player. Yeah, and again, I think I think best for best thing for Rochelle here is going to be a rotational player and right. get um, him some play time every once in a while, get him going. And he may not be a starter next, this year or this coming year, but give him a two years, three years down the road, he could be a starting guy. Easily see him. Yeah. All right, that is it for the L.A. Chargers. Draft grade that the Bear has given. Let me just say this. While some of these picks are not flashy, the Chargers did, however, get some playmakers as well as getting guys who will make an impact and start week one. They used the picks that had been bestowed upon them and drafted as well and as smart as they could. I really believe the draft board is this draft board is very underrated and underappreciated. Um, seeing how this could launch them to the playoffs and possibly compete for the AFC West. You heard that here first. With this draft board, the LA Chargers could compete for the AFC West. They're, they're in position to. Um, well, and as Awesome Austin mentioned in his article, mm-hmm. a lot of one-point loss, one point losses. Yeah, a lot of single-digit losses. Yeah, I mean, you look at that, and I should just say under one score. That's, that's, a, that's how we should do it, because if they would have had another shot, or been able to march down the field and score again. This team may not have been a five and eleven team. This team no. wouldn't have been a top ten pick. This could have been a playoff team. Yep. And now they've got guys in in place. They're going to put them there. Um, you know, especially the offensive lineman Mike Williams to make this to turn this team around. This is coming season. I'm right. serious when I say watch out for the LA Chargers and the AFC West. The um, you look at the Chiefs. They they just haven't. They've made it to the playoffs. They haven't gone far. Their defense is getting older. Um, you look at the Broncos, their offense is lackluster. Their defense is really good, however. Yeah. Um, and then you look at the Raiders. The Raiders' offense looks to be good. We don't know about Marshawn Lynch yet. We assume Marshawn Lynch is going to be good. Right, but their defense has been – Has had problems. Yes. So, again, if they can get the all-around team, they've got our, arguably the best quarterback in that division, right? I mean, besides Derek Carr, they probably have the best quarterback in that division. Right. So, looking at all four teams, you're saying the Chargers <clears throat> right now are the most balanced. I think so. Yeah. And I think, the, uh, yeah, they're going to give a run for the – they're going to be able to get a run in for the AFC West. Um, I think, as of right now, to me, the Raiders still win it. Um, again, barring Marshawn Lynch, barring right. their draft picks on defense. but Or potential injuries. Yeah. yeah. But, again, the Chargers, I think, will be one of the flip teams. Right. And I see you put A-minus, correct? Yes, my draft grade for these guys are an A minus. There's no way you can't say it's not an A minus. Right, and I think I would even go as far as an A. Yeah, I mean they've hit what they needed to hit. Yeah, and they only had what seven picks, so right. they had again, like I said, the picks that were bestowed upon them, they used them, got the smart guys, uh, smart picks, 
and they're going to use them. And, I mean, they didn't do a John Lynch where wheeling and dealing. Right. Or just destroying the bears. Right, right. <laughs> Man, bear bashing. Yeah, I know. Moving on from the L.A. Chargers, yes. the Carolina Panthers. As our call-in. Yes, call-in. Uh, our caller mentioned his, his favorite team. Mm-hmm. First pick for the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, running back out of Stanford, round one, pick eight. Obviously, this sticks out for us because this is the running back I had chosen to talk about pre-combine. Right. Um, in his sophomore year, he had set an NCAA, NCAA record for 3,864 all-purpose yards. 2019 came from rushing, 60, 645 receiving, and 1,070 yards on kickoff returns. Good enough to become a first-team All-American, Associated Press Honors, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Pac-12 Player of the Year, and a Heisman finalist. Somehow along the way, McCaffrey in his junior year where he rushed 1,639 yards and did, while, and he did so while being hindered from an injury, and he was still able to get first-team All-Pac-12 honors along with Associated Press second-team honors, They he kind of – fell under a little bit, under the radar, you know, and once the combine came, he didn't, he was back on track to be, you know, right. talked about and time. I think again, it's due to that injury and mm-hmm. he's just not playing. A lot of people just kind of forgot about him. Yeah. Um, the Carolina Panthers are going to love this kid's versatility, athleticism, and playmaking ability. Very intrigued to see how Carolina uses him. Yes. Will it be on third passing downs? You know, right. I mean, receiving back. Yeah. Right. Will they put him in the slot? Put him as a like a wide receiver, right. or will they use him to, to grind out some rushing yards? Will they use him as a premier back style? Um, and all will be revealed in time once the season gets here, right? I mean, you we're going to find out eventually, but it's just kind of it's kind of nice to sit here and go, well, what are they going to do with McCaffrey? He's kind of right. a little gadget player for him. Um, the the Panthers needed uh, to help their run game with Stewart uh, being consistently mediocre. Um, if you had him on fantasy football last year, you remember it was pretty much 10 points a week with Jonathan Stewart. Right. Um, it, it, Stewart's production isn't bad, but it's not good either. McCaffrey right. opening I mean, 10's a good week. And yeah. Eight would be a bad week. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, you, especially for fantasy, you just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, McCaffrey opens up the Carolinas playbook, and I am sure they cannot wait to use their shiny new toy. Right. As some people would say, he's a Swiss, Swiss Army knife, and. If you think of their second-round pick, same thing can be said about him. Yeah. Um, let's speak of their second-round pick. Let's move on to that. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Samuel, wide receiver at Ohio State, round two, pick number eight. Here we see another team doubling down with their draft picks. They may not have had the same position listed, but they do have the similar versatility, athleticism. Athleticism, let's make sure I say that right. <laughs> <laughs> and playmaking ability. Got a little tongue-tied. There. Yes, I did. Uh, don't forget, they have the very similar build. Both McCaffrey and Samuel are listed at 5'11", but McCaffrey is a little heavier at 202 pounds, whereas Samuel is weighing in at 196 pounds. So it's literally almost, Six pounds. <laughs> yeah, it's literally almost the same player. They just right. have twice. Um, Samuel received um, Associated Press All-American rewards as an all-purpose threat, also getting all-Big Ten pick. He rushed for 771 rushing yards and eight touchdowns on 97 carries, which gives you an average of eight yards per carry. He was also able to catch 74 passes for 865 yards and seven touchdowns. He has good speed. Obviously, he ran a 4-3 in the 40-yard dash. He's an explosive player. And right now, the Panthers have Kelvin Benjamin. I'm going to pause that. They have Kelvin Benjamin. That's about it. 
Greg Olson. Yeah, well, we're talking wide receivers. <laughs> Curtis Samuel is a wide receiver. Um, really, that's it. Curtis Samuel will have a role in this offense. His versatility and playmaking ability not, uh, not only gives him a spot on the offense, but, I mean, it, it, he at least he's a slot guy right. at the minimum. And, I mean, I look at this, they have Olsen as tight end. Mm-hmm. You have Benjamin outside. Mm-hmm. The issue I see right now is they don't have that second outside guy. And, and which, which, which Curtis Samuel can fix with his speed, of course. But they lost Philly Brown to Buffalo. Right. This pretty much replaces Philly. Right. And not always does the 5'11 speedster, though, help right. in cases. I mean, the example I know of off the top of my head – Oh, shoot. I can't believe I forgot his name, but his last name was Knox for the Bears. Johnny, Johnny Knox. Yeah, it was Johnny Knox. Yep, yep, Johnny Knox. But, I mean, he worked out just fine. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't see why he can't be the number two guy out well, there. And just look at the L.A. Rams with um, Tavon Austin. Right. I mean, he's been their number one guy for how long? And I mean, yeah, he he had some down years, but he's panned out pretty well for him. He's a little guy. I would say he was their number two with Kenny Britt. Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what makes this even funnier yeah. is Calvin Benjamin weighing a little heavier than he oh, should yeah. be. Yeah. A little overweight. Um, they said that he weighs 280 pounds, but the Carolina Panthers have said that's not true. However, he looks pretty beefy. Um, he looks like he was with Ed, uh, Cheeseburger Eddie Lacy this oh, yeah. offseason, doesn't he? Um, except he he made weight. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he's he's making weight now. Um, I, I there's plenty of reasons not pushing for Greg Olson's job. At tight end. <laughs> and a lot of people have said that it would be awesome to see him at tight end because he's so big. He's such a big guy. But yeah. um, there's plenty of off season left. He can lose the weight, get in shape. Um, I believe it was around 245, 250 pounds um, was his weight last weight last year. Again, he's a big guy and he has a big build. So for that size that's a good size for him right and usually with these weight issues some players can deal with it some players can't right and we'll find out this is only the first time for him yeah where eddie lacy is a yearly thing yeah it is every (laughs) year cheeseburger eddie lacy yeah um so let's move on from curtis samuel and bashing kelvin benjamin (laughs) their next pick taylor second round yes taylor moton og offensive guard Oh, gee. <laughs> Western Michigan, round two, pick number 32. After getting two playmakers with their first two picks, the Panthers go out and get an O-lineman who set a school record for the most starts in a career with 52 starts to help block for Cam Newton and the run game. So, yeah, four-year four starter player, played at the right tackle position um, from the 2013 season through the 2014 season. In 2015, he was moved to right guard, where he ended up being named third-team All-Mac. In 2016, as a fifth-year senior, Moten was moved back to the right tackle position and helped Western Michigan to an undefeated regular season, which got him first-team All-Mac. You mean 16? Yes, 2016. Yes, sorry. I said 2015. Um, He was first-team All-Mac. He was also part of a unit that only allowed 15 sacks last season and a rushing attack that averaged 228 Point nine yards a game. And see, when you think of Western Michigan last year, you don't think of the rushing attack. Right. You think of Corey Davis and yeah, I um, think his last name was Terrell, the quarterback. Right. Uh, and again, people forget, yeah, these picks aren't sexy or flashy. 
But these offensive linemen, they put in work. Oh, yeah. yeah and they're a big part of um, team success. Right. You know, I love this pick for him. Cam Newton obviously needs help. Christian McCaffrey's obviously going to love this. Yeah. So is Jonathan Stewart. Um, again, it's just a, another smart pick by by a team that needed offensive line help. Yeah. Moving on from Moten. Deshaun Hall, defensive end out of Texas A&M. Round three, pick number 13. In 2016, his senior year, Hall had 28 solo tackles, 22 assisted tackles, giving a total of 50 tackles, 13 of which were for a loss and three and a half sacks and two fumble recoveries. It is worth noting that Hall has experience at outside linebacker. And while his, he, <clears throat> excuse me, while his career stats don't stand out, 67 solo tackles, 91 assisted tackles, 158 total tackles, 35 and a half for a loss, and 14 sacks, along with one interception. That's about a fifth of his tackles were for a loss. Yeah, and uh, four forced fumbles. His upside, because, again, he wasn't amazingly productive, but he was right. productive, but his upside comes from his experience as a 4-3 defensive end, 3-4 defensive end, and a 3-4 outside linebacker. They now have him to where he's a he's a line guy now. He's like 260 pounds, so he's, a, he's definitely going to be on line. Um, but one could say he was maybe not as productive due to a certain teammate on defensive line. I was just about to say um, that, yeah. That was drafted number one overall. Maybe uh, Miles Garrett had something to do with that. Right. And I mean, personally, I did not watch the tape, but who's right. to say he wasn't the second guy to that. Right. I mean, he he could have been right there to get the net. You know, Garrett would have missed. He would have been right there. Exactly. Yeah. And Miles Garrett being a freak of nature. Right. Um Probably just grabbed whoever he was tackling and threw him down. Right. <laughs> but, again, I think that's another smart pick for them. Um, he's got experience at different positions for, for the defense. He know, he understands different positions. It's only going to help them. Right. You know, another smart pick. Moving on. Corn Elder, cornerback out of Miami, Florida, round five, pick number eight. Heading into his college co- football career, I, I remember doing this one. Um, Elder changed positions. He was a running back prospect that was named Mr. Football Running Back of the Year for Tennessee as a junior and senior in high school. Wow. Yeah, he was very productive. It was like over 2,000 yards and all that good stuff. I mean, it was, an, it was great stats. But the Hurricane staff decided to move him to cornerback due to his 5'10 size and tenacious attitude. That's from NFL.com and CarolinaHuddle.com. That they did and, the same thing. You know, just on that alone, yeah. it takes a lot for staff to bring in a running back. Mm-hmm. And say, you know, we want to change your position because most coaches would look at the five ten size and the tenacious he, attitude, right? And just see him as a hard nosed running back. The only problem with that is he's 180 pounds, so he's little. Oh yeah, but <laughs> that hasn't stopped other people. That's before. true. That's yeah. true. Um, as a Hurricane Elder recorded 117 solo tackles, 41 assisted tackles, giving him a, a total of 158 tackles, 11 and a half um, of which were for a loss, six sacks. Three interceptions, one forced fumble, and five fumble recoveries. So he was right there at the ball. Ball hawk, yeah. Um, in his senior season, he went first team All ACC for getting 76 tackles, four and a half for loss, one interception, and 12 breakup passes. When you watch Elder play, you can tell he doesn't uh, he doesn't play undersized. It doesn't you know his size doesn't matter to him. He gets after it. He's a former uh, basketball star. Um, I like what you say here with point guard quickness. Yes, he actually had a. D1 scholarship for basketball from Purdue. Wow. Yeah. Um, no kid from locally, Lida, Ohio, that plays for Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. 
Matthias. But moving on. <laughs> From what I have yeah. been hearing, the Panthers may try to move Elder to safety. And in my opinion, he would do well there if he put some puts on some more muscle. You look at five ten, that's I mean, yeah, that's kinda of like for a cornerback, it's kinda of like a William Gay size. Um but you look at safety, there's some decent safeties out there that are five ten. Right. And if you touch on a little bit more muscle, he could be very vicious. Oh yeah. I mean just Looking at the play sets, the only thing I would have liked to see more is those 12 breakup passes. A few more of those turn into interceptions. Right. It's probably why he's on defense. <laughs> Moving on. Alex Arma, fullback out of Western Georgia, round six, pick eight. I'm going to tell you guys right now, this isn't going to be a lengthy one. Uh, these next two picks aren't going to be very lengthy in what we say, just because they're just not – Right. They don't talk about them very and much. And it's also just, in all honesty, two positions people don't want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, he's a fullback. Right. Um, so let's start with Alex. He has very nice size, starting at uh, standing at 6'2", 253 pounds. Won first team all conference as a defensive end, and won second team all conference as a tight end. Let that sink in. There's two positions he did for Western Georgia, or three technically, but two positions he won honors in. So right there, he's a threat. Right. Being a threat at tight end position makes him a dual threat pass catching and blocking fullback, which they're going to want to use. Right and. As we read in the draft profile, he is a good blocker. Yeah. Um, obviously, again, not the sexiest pick, not the flashiest, kind of like offensive lineman. However, this matters to Cam, Stewart, and McCaffrey again. This, they, they like this pick. Excuse me. As of right now, they would have Tolbert as well as Arma. My opinion is that the Panthers will think size matters in blocking and move on from Tolbert. Um, Tolbert's been very good for him, just a little smaller. But this this Alex Arma, he he has versatility. In fullback for the Bills, and so see again, there they go, moved on. That's what I thought. He yeah, move on. Yeah. That's right. Um, so again, they had Tolbert there, right? Two hundred forty-three pounds, not as big as this kid, and this kid's more versatile. And I think he's shorter as well. Tolbert was shorter as well. Right. So again, I just I think this pick is. Kind of like the Asiata pickup for the Lions. It's underrated because it's not a it's not a flashy pick. It's a fullback pick. Right. And just to throw another thing out there, he won the Mr. Wolf Award for Western Georgia. So every year they think of who's our best best Mr. and Miss Wolf athletes. Mm. So they look at the recognition of field play, participation in community service and academics, and mm. he won it last year. Very nice. Yes. Moving on from Arma. Again, this another, next pick is another one that isn't very sexy. Right. right. Probably, more, besides punter, the least sexiest pick you could do in a draft. Right. Harrison Butker, kicker out of Georgia Tech. Round seven, pick number 15. Butker finished his collegiate career by sinking four field goals and furthermore showed why he is Georgia Tech's all-time leading scorer. Former soccer player in high school. Right. And in 2016, Butker connected 17 out of 18 field goal attempts, giving a 88.2% completion rating, which is good enough to earn him third-team All-ACC honors. Right. He sent 54 out of his 73 kickoffs um, as touchbacks. So, obviously, more than half right. touchbacks, good. Um, Gano has been their kicker, has been a great kicker in this league, but even though this is a seventh-round pick, it seems as though Gano – is on his way out the door. That's not a for sure thing, but um, definitely competition. Oh, yeah. Right oh, yeah. Um, I know one fact that you didn't think was necessary, but I'm just going to throw go, out there, go too. For it. 
He was a uh, tuba player in band <laughs> also before one of his bandmates told him to try out for football. Yes, of course. He was a tuba player. We have, <laughs> have to know that that the kicker was a tuba player. Um, uh, we did because have that matters in football. Caller again. We do have a caller. Mm. Let's go. Uh-oh. We've got another caller. All right, here we go. Caller, you are uh, on the straight football talk. This is the I'd bear like to, and Mike. I'd like to talk a bit about the um, San Francisco 49ers. Um, sure. My favorite, my favorite team player, Eric Rogers. He's a wide receiver, and what's quite impressive is he is only 26, but in his career. He has made 12 touchdowns. Uh-huh. Yeah. Receiving yeah. touchdowns are fantastic. So he studied at the California Lutheran University. Have you heard right, of this guy? Uh, we have definitely heard Currently of him. A free he, agent, yeah. he previously played in Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Well, I hey, listen. Um, I appreciate your phone call and um, football appreciate day. your support. Football uh, day. Thank you for calling. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, oh, got a lot familiar, of right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. Um, let's see here. I know our buddy, good buddy, editor, and straight football talk. Awesome, awesome, Austin Thomas yes. gives us our fun facts and gives us our fast five and all that good stuff. Do you want to go ahead and read these? Um. So let's go ahead. All right. So all but two of the Chargers' 11 losses were decided by eight or less points, as we mentioned earlier. Yes. And because of referencing his article. Can't believe this next one. Yes. Cam Newton wears rompers. Great. And Fun fact. just to say this, too, I'm pretty sure he wore it like two or three years ago, too. <laughs> good, possible, good probability that Cam started that trend. Right. Philip Rivers has eight children. Yeah. He, he doesn't one. just score on the field. Oh, <laughs> anyways, uh, what's next? Nike pays Odell Beckham more than the New York Giants. Of course, five million over two and a half million. Basically, there's a more specific number. You can look it up in yeah. the comments. But Tony Jefferson, the player who used Madden to decide his next team, opened that. up about signing with the Ravens this past week and stated that he's chasing a ring. Well, the only thing I gotta say to Tony Jefferson is good luck. Um, the Baltimore Ravens are going to have a hard time getting past their own division, let alone getting through the wicked playoff teams that are going to be waiting for them. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> interesting choice to say the Ravens are the ones you're going to chase the ring with. Yes. Uh, DeMarcus Ware compared Trevor Simeon to Tony Romo earlier this week. We'll find out. I mean, I, you know, Northwestern alum. Eastern Illinois alum, small, you could say small schools. Right, right, right. Um, Julius Peppers started his career in Carolina and has returned to finish his career with the team as well. Love that pick. You can't have enough edge rushers. Exactly. Tampa Bay Buccaneers Twitter account trolled. I saw this. Atlanta Falcons with a 28-3 joke. Bucks head coach Dirk Coder didn't like that and apologized for the action. That is leadership and respectability you want from a head coach. Yeah, I mean, again, they made fun of the Falcons, but, you know, the coach came out and apologized, you know, took ownership in it and 
reliability or accountability for his team. And right, I was good. about to say it wasn't on purpose, but if the coach came out and apologized for it, obviously it was on purpose. Right. <laughs> Next, Eddie Lacy, Calvin Benjamin, rumored to be around 280. He normally weighs in at 245. So I was right about the 245. So yeah, um, I, I think he went out to Seattle and visited at Cheeseburger Eddie a couple of times and uh, got a little overweight. Yeah. The New York Jets are hiring a woman intern to, to their staff during the preseason. Colette Smith be assisting with the defensive backs. Hey, well, I don't see why not. If she can do the job, why not? Exactly. Just like uh, oh, it was going to be one of the Monday night games, I thought. Yeah, the, the analyst. Yes. Yep. yep. Can't remember her name, but if she can do the job, let them. Yeah, I, I don't see why not. Where are we? Chip, oh, Kelly. Chip Kelly, of course, got a job with ESPN, as we mentioned. Hope his coworkers are prepared to be replaced by former Oregon Ducks. <laughs> of course. Yeah, Philadelphia. NFL Network hostess Lindsay Rhodes had her baby. Congrats and welcome, baby Clayton Lee Rhodes. All righty, then. Andrew Hawkins had a good week. He graduated from Columbia University with a sports management degree and then got his wish to sign with a contender as a member of the New England Patriots. And uh, finally, for the fun facts, Mike Zimmer had another eye surgery and plans to return to his team around June 4th. Oh, this time it's fa- oh fantasy four. He, he added a section. Oh, I boy. think it started last week. Oh, but. boy. Um. Fantasy four, who will have more? Mike Williams receiving touchdowns or McCaffrey total touchdowns? I got to believe Christian McCaffrey total touchdowns. Total touchdowns. It's got to be. He's going to be a hybrid player getting rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns. Now, if this was like receiving versus rushing, there could be a easy yeah, there's, there's an argument there, yeah, yeah for but sure. But we're talking combined, total. I yeah. think it will be McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey or Curtis Samuel receptions? Ooh, that's, that's a, a good tough one. one. I'm going to say total receptions, it's going to go Samuel because they're expecting him to be a receiver. I think so, too. Jonathan Stewart or Melvin Gordon rushing yards? Is that even a question? Melvin Gordon is going to get way more rushing yards than Jonathan Stewart. Bank on it. (laughs) Bank on it. (laughs) Kelvin Benjamin or Keenan Allen receiving touchdowns? Well, if Keenan Allen can stay healthy, he could, you know, you can make an argument. But right now it's going to be Kelvin Benjamin. Right. Um, Well, these have been pretty easy and more than four. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Philip Rivers or Cam Newton passing touchdowns Ooh, that's a good one That is a good one I'm going to say Rivers Man, we're just on the same page Rivers It's got to be Rivers Yeah Um, Cam Newton or Jonathan Stewart rushing touchdowns Uh, I'm going to say Cam I think Jonathan Well, no I'm going to say Jonathan Stewart Because I think McCaffrey's going to take some away I think they're going to rely on Cam to throw more than him rushing um, To protect him and keep him keep his longevity. You know, I think it's I think it's Stewart. I'm going to go ahead and say Cam because of the playmaking ability. I think McCaffrey be. just cuts into Stewart's numbers and yeah, he could be the number two guy. That's yeah. for sure. Um, again, only time will tell. Exactly. Who will lead the Chargers in these receiving categories? Receptions, touchdowns, yards, targets, yards per reception. Wow. Um. <clears throat> Receiving receptions, I'm going to go ahead and say Travis Benjamin just because of the – or, no, Antonio Gates because of the tight end position. Oh, yes, Chargers. I, for some reason, I was stuck on the Panthers. Right. Um, let's see, the Chargers – I'm going to say Gates for receptions. Yeah, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say – I'm going to say Mike Williams. I really am. I think he's going to go for that super stud 6'4 right. guy um, who's going to fill in for uh, Keenan Allen just because Keenan Allen can't stay healthy. 
Um, touchdowns. I'm going to say Mike Williams on that one just because I think he's going to be the red zone threat. Yeah, I thought they need. I could agree with that. And the only other guy I would argue would be Antonio Gates. Right. You know, they have a long time connection, and again, that could be receptions as well, like you said. Um, yards. Oh, jeez, I'm right. Um, I'll go Mike Williams again because I think Gates will get receptions. I just mm-hmm. don't think he'll get the yards necessarily. I, I think if healthy, Mike Williams is going to dominate in a lot of these categories. Mm-hmm. Um, yards per receptions, targets. Yeah, I think I think they're going to look to their new fancy weapon. Right. I really do. Oh, lost them. There we go. Uh, keep going. Right there. There we go. Yep. Sorry about that, guys. But yeah, yards, targets, and yards per reception. I'm just going to say Mike Williams. <laughs> Number three, excluding Cam Newton, who will be the top fantasy scorer this season for the Carolina Panthers? Greg Olson. You say Greg Olson. You know, top score besides Cam Newton. So you got to account for receptions because we do PPR league, right? You got to account for receptions. You got to account for we like to rushing touchdowns and <laughs> passing touchdowns yep. and receiving touchdowns. I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey could do it. Because I think he is going to be doing some rushing and passing and getting touchdowns. I think he could be the next guy up. Uh, Rookie, I mean, we've seen rookies do it before, right? Why not? Who's Um, the sleeper pick for both teams? Who is the sleeper pick for both the Chargers and the Panthers? I think sleep. I'm assuming we're talking about the draft. I'm going to go ahead and assume that. Uh, fantasy pick. Oh, fantasy pick. Yeah, for fantasy pick. Okay, so it is the fantasy four. Hmm. For the Chargers, I'm going to say he wouldn't be a sleeper. I, I mean, Travis Benjamin could be a good sleeper. In all honesty, he's going to be on the offense. He's going to make some plays. He's going to get the catches, you know, especially being in the slot. I don't see why not. Because um, when you talk sleeper, you're not talking, look, Melvin Gordon's going to be probably gone in the first round. Yep. Uh, Mike Williams is going to be gone probably rounds two to four. four. Yeah. yeah, Keenan Allen will be back there a little bit, but he'll more likely be injured. So you look at it. Travis Benjamin will be back towards later rounds, um, which would give you a steal pick. Right. Um, or a sleeper pick. I mean, I would say Keenan Allen as a sleeper pick just because he's he, been injured for so long. He could be healthy this year. And he could easily boom. Mike, I don't buy the hype. You don't buy the hype. <laughs> Fine. Um, Panthers, Panthers yeah. sleeper. Um, I'm going to say Curtis Samuel. I think – he has the potential to make the big plays. And yeah, and I think he'll be a later pick. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Um, you know, Kelvin Benjamin, his fantasy draft stock may go down just because of his off-the-field issues, of him um, wanting those get, cheeseburgers. Get, yeah, getting getting heavier. Um, Christian McCaffrey, I think he's going to be a two- to three-round guy. Um, again, this is just shooting the ballpark, right. you know, because fantasy is not even here yet. Yeah, I like Curtis Samuel. I think he would be probably a – Round five to seven guys, so if not later. Yeah. yeah, if not later. So I, I don't see why not there. <clears throat> now, Austin's fast five. Yes. Who has the better chance of winning their division, the Panthers or the Chargers? You want to know my pick? Chargers. The Chargers. It's, yeah. it's got to be the Chargers. You look at the NFC South. Um, the AFC West. West. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the NFC South, the Buccaneers got a lot better. Yep. Um, and they're a very sneaky pick to win the division. The Atlanta Falcons. Um, they have some deals on Yeah, they have um, a couple questions, which I'll, I'll get to probably next week. But they've still got a lot of talent on that team. The New Orleans Saints got better, even though they lost Brandon Cooks. I think they still could fight for a division spot. It's going to be tough. And the Carolina Panthers are good, too. So then you go over to the AFC West. The Raiders are you know, arguably the number one team. Right. The Chargers, in my opinion, are arguably the number two team. Then you've got Kansas City. 
and then you've got Denver. And I mean, in all honesty, if things bounce right, all four teams are in there. Yeah, I mean, they're, the the AFC West is pretty competitive as well. But I just think, like with Denver, they don't really have an offense. Their quarterbacks are m- mediocre at best. Their run game is mediocre at best. They have stud wide receivers, but their defense is what carried them last year. Right. And for them to do well this year, their defense has to carry them yet again. Um, the Chiefs, Alex Smith leading that team is going to be mediocre. I'm sorry to say that Alex Smith is a decent quarterback, but he's mediocre. Um, just preparing Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, get Patrick Mahomes, get ready because you better ball out for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're wanting a Super Bowl. Um, the Raiders, again, they're going to be number one, number two spot. There's no, there's no question in my mind unless Derek Carr gets hurt like he did last year for right. the playoffs, <clears throat> or Marshawn Lynch again doesn't pan out. So, yeah, I think it's the Chargers that got a better shot at winning the division. Number two, is Hunter Henry the next big thing at tight at the tight end position? Um, maybe. Um, Depends how soon Antonio Gates goes, I say. Yeah, Antonio Gates is going to cause some problems um, or cut some production in for uh, Hunter Henry. But, um, again, no bias, no BS filter here, guys. Um, but Pittsburgh Steelers have a good tight end. And Jesse, in the outlaw, I call him the outlaw, Jesse James, yes. <clears throat> they end up releasing Ladarius Green. Yeah, this is Jesse, Jesse James. James. Yeah, so well, yeah. yeah, he he did well enough, and for some reason people didn't believe that. But he Jesse James did well enough for the Steelers. I think that's Jesse James' spot now. Mm-hmm. I really do, and I think all, the entire team loves the outlaw. Um, but I, I compared to Hunter Henry, I think he's got he's gonna maybe wait a year or two depending on Antonio Gates, like you said. I agree right. with that. Number three, Devin Funches has been a breakout candidate every year, it seems. That's very true. Is this the year he finally produces like he should? Um, that could be another sleeper for um, the Panthers. I forgot about Devin Funches. I can't, I can't believe you know when I, when I mentioned outside guys, he would be that second yeah. outside And then guy. Curtis Samuel would be in the slot, and then they could replace uh, Samuel with Chris McCaffrey if he gets worn out and keep using those guys in the slot. I mean, Funches could break out. Um, I just know that the Carolina Panthers just got some shiny new weapons, so I know they're going to want to try to use them. Um, do I think he breaks out? I'm going to just say no. I think I kind of look at it as a Kevin White situation. Two years, hasn't yeah. really done anything. Yeah. He's probably not going to. Number four in the Fast Five, would you rather have Philip Rivers or Cam Newton on your team? That is a good question. Very good question. Um, Personally, I know if I look at it, from a typical football standpoint, sure. I'm probably going to say Rivers. If I'm looking at it through, like, I'm Madden playing through this, I'm going to thank Cam Newton because of the longevity and playmaking ability. Yeah, uh, i I got to go with Cam here, Super Cam. Um, obviously the playmaking ability, but like you said, Philip Rivers has got, what, two, three years at best left in him. I don't want to ha- have to worry about getting a guy that's going out the or getting replacing the guy that's going out the door. Right. Um, Cam Newton's going to be there a lot longer than Philip Rivers, I believe. Well, again, unless something crazy happens, but it's got to be Cam Newton. Um, number five of the Fast Five. Which team drafted the better fit for their team the, in the first round, the Panthers or the Chargers? So Christian McCaffrey or Mike Williams in the first round? Yes. Not overall draft. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the Chargers got the man they needed more. Yep. I agree. I think. I think the Panthers would have loved to have gotten Leonard Fournette down to him. I think if they, he would have That's made what it. They really, really yeah, wanted. They wanted a really good running back like that. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, not to take away from Christian McCaffrey right. because he is good, but he's not the every down pounding back, you know, that that that, that they needed 
or they need still because Jonathan Stewart, again, mediocre. But you look at Mike Williams, it fills the void in Keenan Allen getting injured. It fills the void in having a second guy on the outside for, for Phil Rivers to throw to. I don't see how you can't say Mike Williams. Right. And so now that we're done with the fast five, sure. what other comments do we have? <laughs> what are the chances we see Patrick Mahomes start the season? That's a good question from our good buddy Dallas Duclo. Big D, what are you thinking? I'm going to say if we do, it's because Kansas City came out the gates flat, and it's going to be probably around week It'll be a 13, Colin Kaepernick 14. all over again for yeah. Alex Smith. That's what everybody's been talking about. Um, I think – now, that, if, if it happens this year, that's how it's going to happen, like you just said. They, Kansas City just comes out of the gate well, stumbling. If we, if we really want to make it about a Kaepernick situation, mm-hmm. why not say week 10, Alex Smith is doing a great job. He's hurt himself. Yeah, and then, and and then Patrick Mahomes. And Mahomes just keeps it going. The thing is, and what's interesting when, when the Chiefs went and got Patrick Mahomes is they're two different style quarterbacks. And – you look at Alex Smith, he's a little dink and dunk guy. He barely gets down. when he Like, if it's first down, first and ten, he barely throws down past ten yards. He really right. doesn't really. And that's how he's always been. Yeah. But then you look at Patrick Mahomes, big arm, big play capability. I, you know, I've raved about this kid all offseason so far. It could happen this year, but, I, you know, I look for it for sure next year. Right. The, the hype to begin for Patrick Mahomes to get in there. And, of course, Dallas Duclos is going to love it because he's a Texas Tech grad. Exactly. You know? So, <clears throat> Excuse me. Who is the Bears starter this season at QB? Okay. My, Super Mike, what's your that? team? Starter this season, it's going to be Mike Lennon. You think it's Mike Lennon? It's going to be Mike Lennon. I agree. Mike Lennon. That's, that's been the talk. I mean, you I know, understand. You know, at the beginning, we all felt kind of sorry for Mike Lennon, and Mike Lennon felt sorry for himself. And then after about um, two days, for me at least, it was kind of like, okay, quit your whining. Let's get to it. You need to get your competitive shoes on. Right, and he's – come out yeah. and said, this is my team. This yeah, year. now he's come out and said it's, it's his team. He's got his competitive shoes on. He needs to earn that spot now. Stop being a baby, you know, and he, ha- and he has stopped. Let's get the job done. Uh, Dallas also asked, will the Seahawks snag Kaepernick reviving the Wildcat? Um, I don't know about the first part of the question. Yes, they'll snag Kaepernick. I think, I think he goes to Seattle. Um, Especially with Spike Lee leaking out a Banks Pete Carroll for signing my good buddy. Right. Um, it's not official yet, though. Right. It hasn't been announced. Yes. Uh, reviving the Wildcat, I, I mean, I wouldn't see why they would use uh, – to me, that would be pointless for um, Colin Kaepernick to be put at wide receiver and just get annihilated. Um, to me, that's more of a college type of thing. You know what I'm saying? With the NFL – Well, when you think of Wildcat, you think of the Dolphins a few years back. Right, right. You don't think of – Two quarterbacks. You think yeah. of two running backs and no quarterbacks. Or, or wide receivers. Yeah. yeah. You don't. You think of guys that take hits on a consistent basis. Not a not a guy that when he gets hit could potentially be out right. for the season. Yeah. And the reason why I say two running backs is because of the right. Ronnie Brown, right, 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 Ricky Williams tandem. Yeah. I mean, it just to me, I don't see Wildcat coming back for or coming to Seattle, but I do see Colin Kaepernick joining the Seattle Seahawks. And again, if Russell Wilson goes down. They've at least got a serviceable back, serviceable backup QB. All right. And Dallas Duclo, another question. How good will the Raiders be this season with Megatron overseeing their wideouts? Uh, they're a playoff team. Easily a playoff team. As um, long as everybody stays healthy, they're a playoff team. Yep. And I think with Megatron overseeing their wideouts, if he's 
I know Cooper's a very hard worker. Crabtree's mm-hmm. potentially had some question marks out of it, even though he's been producing. Yeah. I think they both just get better with this. Uh, and again, like I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the Megatron thing, um, not only does it help the wide receivers, it helps Derek Carr and it helps their defense. It helps their team overall. Right. Because they're getting, they're going to be better. Megatron's going to give them some advice, give them some tips. And I believe it was Amari Cooper who said, "Man, he is big." Yeah. <laughs> that that that's why they call him Megatron. Yeah, you're darn right. He's big. <laughs> and again, I I don't think Megatron's coming out of time. I just want to stop that right there. You know. Right, and I think that. it's a mixture of he is done. Yeah. And I think it's also a mixture of. Even if he would come back, the Lions wouldn't let him do what he wants. Right. I, I completely agree with that. Um, again, Raiders just, just for some reason seem to want to put some headlines out there this offseason. Right. Um, with that, we've, you know, took care of the Fast Five. Took care of everything. Um, a real quick thank you again to Totally Driven. Also to Dallas Duke Clo for helping us set up today. Mm-hmm. Um, Bay, I know you're listening. Thank you very much. We both, Mike, Super Mike and myself, both appreciate it. Um, glad to be on board. Very excited to talk football to mm-hmm. you know millions of people around the world. Um, and again, this is what we love to do. We do when we're, even when we're not talking on here, we still talk football. We still talk. We, football. we have to. It's kind of like an addiction, really. But again, um, and if you guys happen to miss this, you also can. The link will be shared on the website and on Facebook. Uh, you can check it out and listen to it um, later on if you need to. And, again, if you don't agree with what we're saying, that's fine. Comment on our Facebook video, the live video, even though we're not live anymore. We'll still be able to see that. Um, when you call in, give us your opinions. Tell us how, how you're thinking about um, our, some of our predictions and whatnot. So, again, um, want to thank all the love and the last we comments. Get. Yeah. Let's check. Let's Just check. to be sure. Dallas yeah. says, you're welcome. Does Lynch give the Raiders what they need to compete with the Patriots or Texans come playoff time? We'll see. I'm not sure yet. I'm, I want to buy into it, but I'm not sure yet. So the first thing I think about this question is the Texans will be an interesting one to talk about. To be in the playoffs? Well, not just being in the playoffs, but to say to compete with the Patriots or Texans. He didn't say Steelers. Steelers. Yeah, he said Texans. Like yeah. The Texans were guaranteeing playoffs, which – I don't think it's going to happen it, as a guarantee. Yeah. The Texans can make the playoffs, but it's not a guarantee. Yeah. Anyways, from that, we're going to sign off of here. Yes. Um, again, thank you guys for all the love and support you give us. We will see you guys next Sunday at 11 o'clock where we will be discussing the Bengals yeah. draft. And who else, Super Mike, can you remember? Uh, the 10th pick overall. Yes. You know, it hasn't even been that long, and, you know, I forget all these. Super Mike. Because, yeah, my mind's on, like, ten different things right now. Um, The tenth pick overall, isn't that the Kansas City Chiefs? It was. It was. <laughs> Boom. I remember. <laughs> Very good, Super Mike. So we'll talk to you guys about that. Of course, all the NFL latest. Yes. Um, buzz and what the happenings and what's going on in the NFL. Any signings, releasings. Uh, all that good stuff. Um, Again, thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.